0: This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior God. I'm your host, Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor Shanahan. Welcome, warrior, to the new year 2021. Setting goals is something that a lot of people like to do, especially during the new year, and it's something that I personally enjoy a lot. Connor, did you set any goals this year? It's been a weird one.
1: It's been a weird one for me just because, as we talked about in last week's episode, We just had our first baby. My wife and I just had our first baby. So, my goal is to sleep a little bit, you know, maybe like 30 minutes here and there, just a (laughs) nap would be excellent.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: But uh, it's been difficult, honestly, honestly, for me to think through goals because it seems like we are just totally on baby time. Our baby just runs our lives in such a good way, in such a beautiful way. We are enjoying this new adventure of parenthood. Don't misunderstand me. But man, yeah, go, like thinking about goals is like, uh, no, I'm just trying to sleep. I'm just trying to make sure my baby's all right, trying to change some diapers, trying to learn how to swaddle her, you know, working on my swaddling technique. <laughs> like those are the things that I've been just thinking through nonstop. So it's been difficult to take a break and think about goals. But I'm sure after this episode, I'll, I'll come out on the other side and I'll come out with some clear-cut goals. What about you? What about you? Help us out. Help me out. Help the warrior out. Elizabeth, what are you thinking through for 2021?
0: Well... To be honest, I know that this year has been diff. Not this year, this past year. Woo, we are not in 2020 anymore. Thank God. Thank God. Um, but, but I know that this past year has been difficult for a lot of people. Honestly. My year looked pretty similar because I worked from home already before going into the pandemic. The only thing that really changed in my life was we had a couple travel plans that were canceled, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's not a big deal, really. Uh, My husband started working from home and that was a good change for us. So, you know, even though things looked different last year, I don't feel like I was necessarily shaken as many other people may have been. So for that, I am blessed. And because... Because my year looks sort of similar last year to most other years, I think I had a lot more mental energy to think about goals just because I, you know, I don't have a new baby. I don't have, I don't have a lot of life-changing things going on in my, in my world right now. So actually, yeah, one of my favorite traditions in my family is that every year we sit down and we talk about our previous goals from last year and we try to set new ones. So we were able to do that again this year, and it was a great experience. It was a little bit different because even though my 2020 looked similar to most years, it was still different, um, and I wasn't able to achieve everything that I had wanted to, but that's okay um, because my identity is not in achieving those goals, but it just was nice to step back and see that I had accomplished a lot, and we're moving on now.
1: So it was, it was a great experience. Let me, let me, uh let me just put us on a little sidetrack real quick. If you don't mind, let me put you on the spot, Elizabeth. Sure. Talk to me about how, how this pandemic has been. I, we may have touched on this a little bit on the podcast, but I just want to make this abundantly clear and celebrate you and Mario. Talk to me about your marriage through this pandemic, through you guys both being forced to work from home and now you're both looking at, okay, what does it look like for us to continue to do this? How do we operate as a couple? How do we operate as a family? Talk to me about what that's been like for you
0: guys. Sure. I'll be completely honest. When I first heard that um, Mario was coming home to work, I was I was nervous because previous to me working full time from home, I was out of the house a lot. So I, I was afraid of him coming home to work that we would be in the same room for, you know, 24 hours all the time. I was afraid that I wouldn't have any time for myself. I don't really know what I was afraid of, but I was I was just nervous about it. But A few weeks into him working from home, I came to realize that it wasn't something that I had to be afraid of, because it was an opportunity for us to grow our marriage into a marriage that I don't have to be afraid to spend 24 hours around him. So of course, there was a lot of growing moments, and it wasn't perfect, but no marriage is perfect. And we were able to resolve a lot of issues we had that were maybe unrealized or unresolved and learn what were the root of those because we were spending so much time together. So it was one of the greatest things that happened to our marriage was uh, Mario working from home. And now I'm hoping that he continues to be able to work from home um,
1: as long as possible. That's just so amazing. It's so amazing. And I want to say like, That has not been a normal story, all right. Um, From from my perspective, from a pastor's perspective, most people that I'm talking to, that I'm doing like counseling and care with, they're saying the exact opposite things. So I want to be I want to be very sensitive to that, and I want to be you know understanding that this has not been easy for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. In the same token, though, I want to celebrate you and Mario, and I want to make clear like. The reason one of the obviously you guys are, you know, mature and you love each other and you have a phenomenal relationship in that one of the, you know, the primary reasons why I think you guys have done so well in this is because you're both committed to the way of Christ. Right. You are both committed to God's design for human flourishing. And so when you see like a marriage doing so well, especially during such stressful circumstances, I just think we need to celebrate that. We need to praise God for that. And I want to praise God for you and Mario who are committed to God's design for human flourishing. And so that might have been a little sidetrack. Number one, I just wanted to celebrate you guys because you guys are awesome. But also, number two, I do think it relates to this conversation in the sense that as we ourselves look to commit to goals or as we look to implement change in our lives in this new year, let us do that through the lens of human flourishing, through the lens of aligning our lives with how God has designed them to work, I think that's kind of the key. So hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully that wasn't too much of a, of a side rail. One, praise God for you and Mario. Two, if we would just align our lives with how God has designed them to work, I think there's a lot of flourishing and joy to be found in that.
0: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that was too off topic. I think that's definitely so relevant. And one of the convictions on my heart is that I really believe that a happy marriage is possible, but the foundation has to come from each person loving God before the spouse if that makes sense and it's not easy and we have a long ways to go as well i just i just i don't know i guess i just want to share hope with maybe others who who are wondering what's going on with their marriage but i do believe with hard work and loving god the most
1: it's possible. I think that's so good. And I think that's so relevant. Like we did not prepare to say anything about marriage at all, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I think that this is from the spirit in this moment, because I think that, that a lot of warriors, a lot of first responders, military personnel, man, it's so hard to maintain a flourishing marriage when you're working unpredictable hours, when you're working long hours, when overtime requests keep coming down from your supervisor, when you are in the military and you're facing continual TDY, Training deployments, basically, or when you're facing real deployments, like the mission hasn't stopped. First responders and and warriors, you guys have not stopped during this pandemic. The rest of us have had, thankfully, an opportunity to kind of slow down and reflect on things, but you haven't. And so maybe I think that is from the Lord for you, warrior. A happy marriage is possible. And and God wants to meet you in the midst of your marriage. And God wants to help you build that foundation upon his word and upon his love to help you flourish in your marriage as well. So hope is out there and hope is possible. But as Elizabeth um, clearly and beautifully stated, it starts and ends with Christ.
0: As does everything, even from setting goals that, like you said earlier, it has to come from the lens of Christ and Jesus. And if we try to set a goal without... Filtering it through the lens of becoming closer to God and without him is the foundation. If we try to set a goal based on our own self-reliance, then it won't bring us to flourishing. So like you said earlier, goals, marriage, everything we do has to come from that foundation. So how can we look at the goals we set through the lens of flourishing?
1: That is a great question. I like the way that you frame that a lot. And that kind of drives at my heart for myself, for my family, for the things that I'm involved in, in 2021. And I didn't come up with this approach. This isn't unique to me. But I think that this is a far more effective way to go about goal setting. And so it's simple. It's simple. It's not easy to do, but it's simple in concept. And so the way that I'm thinking through goals, the way that I'm thinking through the flourishing of my family and really aligning my own life with the way of Christ is through the idea of systems over goals, systems over goals. And so what I mean by that is I want to be the kind of person who embodies a system. Hmm. I don't I, I'm not thinking through much in terms of goal setting this year, for myself or even for my family. Maybe a couple quick examples to explain what I mean here. Number one, I, I don't want to ask, what do I want to do this year? That's not the question for me. The question that I am asking this year is what kind of person do I want to become? Hmm, that's interesting. So it, maybe just a couple quick examples of that. Like, Like number one for me and my wife, we're not doing a goal of like, hey, we need to have X amount of dates or date nights this year or this month, or we need to make this X amount of money or we need to do, you know, these types of things. We're not thinking through what we need to do. Instead, we're thinking through what kind of people do we want to become? And so to help us in that, we have a couple words that we've prayed about that we feel like the Lord has guided us to that are going to guide our family during this year. So we have a couple words that just describe the type of people that we want to become, the type of family that we want to become. And then we want to implement a system in which we are a people who are becoming more like Christ and becoming the people that we want to be instead of just looking at it like a checklist type of goals.
0: It kind of takes it from being something that's performative to something that is just changing you from the inside out.
1: Yes. Yes. I love the way you put that. Yes. Absolutely agree. And I think that that's the Christian life. I think that's a better Christian way to do it, if I could be honest. Right. The Christian life is not about performance. It's not about doing things to earn God's favor or approval. The Christian life is about becoming more like Christ.
0: And then when we change from the inside then we see the fruits that come from that. And that is what is, you know, following scripture and participating in, in the things that God has called us to participate in.
1: Yes. In, in all those things, in reading scripture and in praying and in in honoring the Sabbath and enjoying silence and solitude and in serving the church and all of those things. Like you said, it's much more effective if those are the fruits that are pouring out of a transformed heart. Right?
0: Yeah, you said something interesting before, not on the podcast, but I remember hearing you say something that I don't remember your exact words, um, but paraphrasing what you said is uh, basically a change can't really happen on the outside unless it starts from the heart.
1: I I think that's true in every facet of society. I think that's true everywhere, but I think that's especially true in the Christian life that no change is going to be sustained, no change is going to last externally. Unless it first happens internally,
0: so the system
1: is starting from the inside. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 starting with identifying the kind of person that you want to become. And so, if I want to become someone, if I want to become more like Jesus, then I want to adopt some habits. I want to adopt a system. I want to be a person who, a person who spends time with Jesus, a person who serves others. In the name of Jesus, I'm not. Maybe it's just semantic, but I think that this has really been powerful for me. I think it's more than just semantic. I think instead of saying, I want to read my Bible X number of days a week and just trying to knock off that external behavior modification list. Instead, I want to be a person who part of who I am is is spending time with Jesus. That's that's the system. And so if, if that's my system, if I'm becoming a person who spends time with Jesus as soon as I wake up or at some, you know, predefined moment during my day, if I spend some time with Jesus in his word, uh, then like that checklist will take care of itself. I'll spend the number of days that I want in scripture because that's who I am. I'm a person who spends time with Jesus. So I hope that makes sense. It's, it's really for me about forming habits and not just accomplishing goals. I want to be a person who habitually spends time with the Lord, who reads his Bible, who prays, who honors the Sabbath. I'm not thinking through trying to check a goal box and move on. I'm trying to be formed. I'm trying to be become like Jesus. And I think, at least for me, I hope it's helpful for you, Warrior. For me, thinking through this, through the lens of a system rather than a goal has been really helpful.
0: No, I I think that's, I think that's super helpful because I know I I, I love a good checklist. I do. But the problem sometimes that I have with a checklist is if I say, for example, I want to read the Bible, I don't know, so many days, and then I check all those days, then what really changed inside of me? I'm not sure I accomplished something and I kind of get a false sense of pride for accomplishing something, but what did it really change about my life? Because I checked, did I pay attention to what I was reading? Was I falling more in love with the Lord? Or was I just trying to check off a box to feel good about checking off a box, you know?
1: Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I think having the system kind of reinforces that why. It reinforces the why behind what you're doing. Because this is who I'm becoming. This is who I want to be. Instead of just having the goal, like you said, okay, sure, I read my Bible five times. Well, why did I do that? What did I get out of it? Why am I just checking this box time and time yeah. again? Yeah.
0: So, uh, what were the two words that um, you and Madeline had been praying about?
1: I'll give you two of them. I'll give you two. We've got we've got quite a few. I don't want to bore you guys, but let me give you two. Two that we have been praying through. Number one is um, expectation.
0: Oh, that's a
1: big one. We, yeah, we've we've really been rest not wrestling. Eh, maybe wrestling's the right word. We've been really thinking through like just our faith, our faith. Like mm-hmm. if we believe in a God who rose from the dead so that we can be reconciled to him. And if we can read the scriptures and see the mighty miracles that Jesus did in the flesh in the New Testament that God did throughout the Old Testament, Jesus is God, stay with me, come on. I know you're a Trinitarian, you warrior. I know you've been with us from day one. Like if that's our God, man, let's expect him to do those things. Let's expect him to answer our prayers. Let's expect him to show up. Let's expect him to move in power in our family. What if we expected to see God at work everywhere we went? So instead of just going grocery shopping, when we are checking out when the cashier at the grocery store is ringing up all our stuff, like what if we believe that God put us at that place for a reason? And what if we expected God to do something in that time, even if it's just try to bless that cashier? Or what if like when Madeline and I are able to have some downtime? And we're just, you know, talking through life and things like that. Like, what if we expected God to show up in those moments? What if we expected God to guide us and and to give us direction? So that might have been too much. That was kind of a rant over one little word, but...
0: No, I think that's great. I, I think it adds purpose to even the moments that are seemingly dull to us. If we expect God to be moving in all those moments, it, it gives purpose to
1: every every second of our lives. Yeah, it does. It really does. Because I think that's what God does. I think God does give us purpose. I think we've we've talked about this concept a lot on this podcast that God invites us to participate in His grand redemptive work to make all things right in the world. So, so that's what we want to do. We want to expect. Expect God to do that and expect him to show up. And then the second one's kind of similar, invitation. We want to continually invite the spirit into our lives, into our home, into our hearts. We want to hear from him better. We want to follow him better, love him more. And we also want to invite other people into our home, into, I mean, that's difficult right now with Corona, but even just emotionally into our story, into what the Lord is doing in our lives. We want to invite people to see into God's story. We want to invite people to see how their life story connects with God's grand redemptive story. And however we can be used in that effort, we wanna wanna pursue that this year.
0: So I expect that if we were to make a habit of uh, contemplating on those two words and what they mean to our lives and to our faith, I would expect to see my life changed and formed radically over the year if I took every single moment that I had to expect the Lord to work and also to invite the Holy Spirit in, into my life at all times.
1: Yeah, that's the goal, right? That's what, that's what we're hoping. We're not, you know, instead of saying, well, the goal is to grow closer to the Lord. And that is the goal. But how do you check that box? Yeah. So instead, want we want to create kind of a system where we as a family expect God to move. And absolutely, we think that if we can abide by that system, if we could really abide in the Lord by expecting him to do those things then we will grow. Absolutely. We will grow. We will experience more of him because we're being formed through that process.
0: Amen. So I imagine that this year, 2021, we probably have two kinds of people on opposite sides of the spectrum or two sides of the coin, if you will. On one side, the go-getter, the one who's excited about the new year, the one who's setting goals like crazy And on the other side, maybe the one who's not so excited, who is just, you know... Is thinking, man. Just making it to the next day is my goal. I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to get through. You know, things have been really rough. We wanted to take some time to speak to both sides of those coin, whichever person you may be. Um, so let's discuss the first, the go getter, the warrior who's, who's out there getting after it. Um, did you have some insight on that, Connor?
1: Yeah, continue to get some. Continue to get after it. <laughs> go ahead, warrior. <laughs> no, I, I love the way that you set that up, and and I think that that is a wonderful way to put it, two sides of the same coin here, that we're all we're all trying to figure out life. We're all trying to figure out what to do in this new year. And there's going to be probably two main approaches here. And, and one of them is that the go-getter, the get-after mm-hmm. type. And so both of those approaches that we're going to talk about here are totally legitimate. And so wherever you find yourself on this scale, you're not weird. You're not, <laughs> you're not uh, strange. You have been wired by God a certain way. And we want to equip you and we want to bless you in that. So for the go-getter, for the warrior, seriously, continue to get some, continue to get after it, continue to seek to exercise the gifts and the desires that God has given you for his kingdom and glory. I think we can look at Colossians 3, where the apostle Paul talks about kind of the Christian work ethic. Warrior, go ahead and read 317 and 323. Paul, both times, kind of illustrates and highlights that the Christian work ethic should be one where we do all things for the glory of God. That no matter what we're doing, no matter how menial the task is, whether we're at work or in the home or in the community, we should be working hard. We should be seeking to make God's name known because we are God's representatives. We are His image bearers here on earth. We are His representatives, His ambassadors of His kingdom. So in that, we should be working hard, and we should be making his name known.
0: And there is also something to this concept that I think you've spoke on maybe a couple times before. But the opposite of ambition is not humility.
1: Yes, I love this concept. This is it's a quote that I got, I stole from um, <laughs> James Smith, James A. Smith. Uh-huh. He wrote this book called On the Road with Saint Augustine, and uh, Augustine is one of my favorite theologians of old one of my favorite old old man old school church father theologians um and so this this guy James j smith wrote an awesome book about augustine and walking with him and what that would have looked like but he has this quote that i want to read for us because it's so powerful this this quote seriously changed the way that i think about things because i think that for a lot of us as christians when we see other christians hustling when we see other Christians out there trying to get some, trying to get after it, it can be so easy for us to be like, man, look at that guy. Look at that woman. They're just out there trying to make a name for themselves. They're just out there being prideful. They're just out there being selfish. They're trying to grow their own kingdom. You know, the yeah, Christians shouldn't work hard like that. Christians shouldn't put themselves out there like that. That's not that's not being humble. That's being proud. And that's just not true. <laughs>
0: it can be true. It can be true. It depends on the heart. It depends on what the the motivation is of your
1: heart. Exactly, exactly. And so that's, I think, what he drives at here. So let me read this quote for us. And think about this. Take this quote in. Maybe rewind after we're finished and listen to it again. But this is what James A. Smith writes. If you keep walking around the phenomenon of ambition, you'll start to note a couple of features. First, the opposite of ambition is not humility. It is sloth, passivity, timidity, and complacency. We sometimes like to comfort ourselves by imagining that the ambitious are prideful and arrogant, so that those of us who never risk, never aspire, never launch out into the deep get to wear the moralizing mantle of humility. This imagining is often a thin cover for a lack of courage, even lazy. Playing it safe is not humble.
0: That's pretty deep. I mean, that that,
1: gives me motivation to be more of a (laughs) go-getter. It is. It is. That quote, man, I'm telling you, you got to write that down because that'll fire you up every day when you wake up.
0: I I mean, I think we see like in scripture, I mean, the Bible, the Bible characters and and people of scripture, the ones who are following after God are the ones who are working hard, you know,
1: through through all things. Yeah. I mean, why are we here? Right. Why are we here? God has placed us here to be his ambassador, his representative. And that involves working (laughs) like if God wasn't inviting us to participate in something on this earth right now for his kingdom, he could take us. We could be with him in paradise right now. But I think that God has you warrior here on earth for a reason. I think he's calling you to participate in his Mm -hmm. kingdom. I think that looks like whatever you're naturally burdened for, like what really upsets you, what really burdens your heart, what what desires do you have? I think I think some of those things are the areas. In which God has wired you and is calling you and inviting mm-hmm. you to participate
0: yeah I mean if we if we think about it imagine how different if we were all participating in God's invitation um, to to work and to do things for him for his glory imagine how different the world would look like I mean I think about myself like I, I want that to be the motivation to push me forward
1: yeah that's so good no I, the world would never would, would look radically different even if like, let's set the bar even just a little bit lower. Even if all Christians would just pray, even if we would just pray for these things, even if we would just pray for the spirit to meet every lost person, even if we would just pray for hunger to be eradicated, even if we would just pray for some of these things, the world would never be the same.
0: I mean, I mean, praying is not a menial task. It is it is a, res- nope. it's a big responsibility and it has huge impact. Um, there's one word here in this quote that's sticking out to me and maybe this kind of goes along with the other side of the coin maybe they see the word complacency here uh we've talked about complacency before on the podcast and we we talked about adam and how he was complacent um we've talked about before how complacency can be um arguably our biggest issue um our biggest inhibitor our biggest sin thinking about all this change and how how it can be overwhelming Can it be that God can use change to draw us near to him and kind of shake us from our complacency? Yes. Yes, he can.
1: And I think that we see that. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to over-spiritualize it, but how about this? just the story of Israel in the Old Testament? How about how many times their understanding of how God would relate to them was changed, was shaken, culminating in the arrival of a new covenant with King Jesus? I think that that oftentimes God's people are always tempted to be complacent because, like you said, that was that's probably the first sin that was Adam's sin was complacency and passivity right. in the garden, and so I think all of us at some level are plagued with that, and especially in the West, I, I would imagine most of if not all of our listeners here are listening in the United States of America, and we're so comfortable here, we're so comfortable. If we got listeners here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, this whole mm-hmm. area is built around comfort, the suburbs are literally designed to make your life comfortable. And I think that we just need to be aware. That's not an inherently wrong thing, but we need to be aware of that. And we need to not grow so complacent. And we need to have our have our comfort shaken. You know, I don't think it's have our faith shaken, but I think having our comfort shaken can actually stir our faith, can help us remember the kind of the wild call that God has called us to. But yeah, I, th- I think that's a totally legitimate way to look at it.
0: Yeah, and I, and I definitely, I don't, my my motivation here isn't to um, diminish maybe or to invalidate people who are just feeling the pain and the heaviness and the burden from from last year, from 2020. Um, my goal is definitely not that. Our goal is a message of hope. I, I just wonder, I mean, for me, I, I'm not a person who likes change. And I'm wondering if everything that happened last year, all of the the shakiness that we experienced in 2020. I mean, I mean, our world was shaken, our world was shaken. And I'm just wondering if a lot of this mental angst and anguish, and, um, you know, just just the idea of, hey, man, I'm just trying to get out of bed in the morning. That's my goal. I'm wondering if this is rooted, some of it, at least in the idea that so much has changed last year in, in 2020. I mean, I don't know, what are what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it changes change is definitely difficult. Uh, There's no question about that. And the way that our society, the way that our lives have changed so quickly, that's certainly difficult. And so I think what I hear you saying, which I want to echo, is that God wants to meet us in that, right? That, That God is not judging us. God's not condemning us for struggling, for being anguished, but that God is inviting us to see the new thing that he's doing, to see a new invitation to follow him, a fresh invitation to see his hand at work, even in this quote unquote, new normal, you know the phrase that we're all sick of. Um, but I think I think that that invitation from God stands is to see him at work and, and to uh, realize that even in change, even in difficulty, even in those hard moments, God is always able to work, and to minister and to meet you right where you are
0: yes that's that's exactly what i wanted to say and you said it better than i ever could um so i think that's why we're partners yeah (laughs) Yeah. well i appreciate you you taking the words from my head and forming them into sentences um but yeah so I, i think that's just that's to the other side of the coin the one who is you know maybe not at all interested and cannot even fathom the idea of trying to go get and 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 all that um that it's okay to be where you are. And like you just said, Connor, you know God's grace is sufficient for us and he will meet us where we are and it's okay to be feeling
1: what we're feeling. Yeah, that's good. That's good and that's true. So that is kind of the other side of the coin. If we've talked about the the first side being the the Christians who are trying to get some, get after it, warriors trying to get some, get after it, totally valid. Go ahead and get after it and go ahead and rewind and write down that quote from James H. Smith from On the Road with St. Augustine. Do that. On the second half of the coin, like this has been a brutal year. There is still a general angst and heaviness in the air. It is totally cool if you don't mm-hmm. have resolutions. It is totally cool if you are not thinking through you know what change looks like for you or if that just feels impossible for you right now. That is totally okay. That is okay. We just want to speak to that and maybe create some space for you to just feel okay and, and not being not feeling like getting after it, mm-hmm. you know? Because the kind of the scandal of our lives is that for the Christian, Christ has accomplished everything on your behalf. Let that sink in. That is scandalous. Christ has earned the Father's approval and favor for you on your behalf. Christ has earned the Father's approval and favor on your behalf. So like for the, this is this is like a shot to the pride almost of the get after it crowd right and this is something that we need to continually remind ourselves because this is the gospel Christ has accomplished eternal life for you Christ has accomplished God's righteousness for you so that you can be reconciled to God and live with Him now and forever so in that like there is nothing we can do to earn God's approval if you're not feeling up to the task of forging some resolutions and getting after it. In, in this, you know, winter season as we're coming off of a brutal year, that's okay. That's okay. And, and the invitation for you would be to abide, to rest in God's presence, knowing that you are spoken for, knowing that you are loved, knowing that God sees you and knows you and is willing to draw near to you, especially when you're feeling broken hearted.
0: I mean, I I think this this verse, um, these verses, Lamentations three twenty two through 23, kind of go right along with what you're saying, Connor. So I'm I'm just going to go ahead and read those, starting in verse 22, which says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness.
1: Yeah, I I love that. I love that. Maybe that's a well-known passage for you, warrior. If not, it should be. (laughs) It should be. It's it's a great one. And what's so great about that passage is is you have the author there saying that God's compassions are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. And yet, if you read the title of that book, it's Lamentations. It, It comes in the midst of a lament, which is like taking some intentional time to grieve, to be sad, to experience the brokenness of this world. So the message there is twofold. One, yes, God's mercies are new every morning. But also that comes in the context of a lament, meaning that even in lament, even in the general suckiness and darkness of life, God is faithful. His mercies are new every morning. So if you're trying to wake up and get after it every morning, trust that God will sustain you and he will minister to you as you seek to exercise the gifts that he has given you. Or if you're just trying to hang in there, trust that God will sustain you and minister to you. For he promises to draw near to the brokenhearted, and his mercies are new every morning.
0: Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministries' mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.